Welcome back to the Managing Miscarriage podcast. I just finished up an episode with Jocelyn, and that's what you're going to hear next. She goes through all four of her miscarriages. She had a lot of physical pain and shared just details of all four that I know are really going to help all of you to hear and relate to and know that you are you're not alone and it's awful it's shitty and you're not alone I know that doesn't fix it but I hope it makes it even just a little bit better welcome to the managing miscarriage podcast I am Melissa Whitman founder of the nonprofit one generation and our current initiative managing miscarriage I need your help let's take this community to the next level Here's what you can do. Number one, if you like this podcast, please hit pause and take a few seconds to rate it on iTunes. Number two, donate through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Number three, share your story. Go to calendly.com slash Melissa Whitman to schedule a time to chat with me. Or number four, join our Patreon page for over 30 more episodes you can't find anywhere else as well as exclusive content. Patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash miscarriage. All the details are linked in the show notes. Enjoy the episode and thanks for tuning in. So Jocelyn, we are coming up on three years of this journey for you. Um, The first miscarriage you experienced was in November of 2016, correct? That's right, yes. Okay, so let's start there. Take us to the beginning. Okay, so at that time, so my husband and I had, we've been together at this point for eight years. At that point, we had been married for one year, together for five years, and we decided It was around July 2016 that I was going to stop using birth control, and I got pregnant pretty quickly. Um, We were really, really excited, and um, I, you know, I'd never been pregnant before. Didn't really know what to expect. I felt great. Um, I mean, I was just so happy. Um, Every time I thought about it, I was just so excited. And we went to the um, eight-week appointment, and there was a heartbeat. The doctors, you know, everything looked good, strong heartbeat, nothing um, concerning. And I had been aware of miscarriage. I knew it was pretty common. My mother had had one miscarriage, and then... um, then me and my brother, so I knew it existed. But once we got to that appointment and there was a heartbeat, I started feeling like, okay, this is this is really going to happen, which made me even more excited. Um, and then about, so we had that appointment on a Friday. The following Saturday, um, there was blood when I went to the bathroom. Um, and I just remember feeling like really a cold rush of fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's funny. I really knew nothing about miscarriage at that point. I had no idea. Um, so even though I knew it was common, I really didn't know what it was like. And at that point, 
was like, well, should we go to the hospital? And I thought, well, if this is a miscarriage, there's nothing they can do. And um, But we did decide, it just it kept just spots of blood, not a whole lot of blood. And we decided on Sunday to go just to find out. So we knew. So we knew what was going on, um, which I'm really glad I did because... It was nice to know. Um, they did an ultrasound. By that point, I was starting to have um, brown blood as well as bright red blood. And um, they told me that there was um, no heartbeat. This was one of my first experiences with how um, the medical profession is just completely unprepared to deal with this. Um, but the doctor... He said that um, there is no heartbeat, um, and it looks I'm miscarrying. And he gave me. He said the the worst usually passes in um, 48 to 36 hours, and he gave me a prescription for um, a high dose of naproxen, um, and then and that was pretty much it. Um, it was pretty surreal. Um, I had, I'd had no cramps at that point. So, and I remember thinking, like looking at the, um, the prescription and thinking, this must be going to be painful. Yeah. Um, And I had, you know, I didn't really, I, that had never occurred to me before. Um, and he said the usual line, oh, it's, it's usually like a heavy period, um, and none of my miscarriages have been like a heavy period. So, so anyways, we we um, we get the the um, pain medication, and this was Sunday. So I decide that I'm not going to go to work on Monday, um, and that that Monday I did start. Um, having some cramps and um, bleeding more. Um, I remember pacing a lot um, because that was somehow that just made me feel better to pace. Um, I just I remember being completely able uh, to talk like I couldn't talk about it. Um, My me and my mom wanted to talk to me and I just did not want to talk to anyone. Um, which is very different than how I have handled later miscarriages. Um, but at that point, it was just too overwhelming. Um, and I think, I think I ended up taking Tuesday off of work as well, which was, I mean, what was I thinking? But of course, I didn't know. But anyways, that late Monday night, the cramping was pretty intense. But, um, but then it kind of slowed down. I was bleeding pretty regularly, but it did slow down. And then I thought, well, this, this must be what it's like. And I did take, decide to take Tuesday off because I thought, you know, I don't really, I just want to be able to have some time and, um, and rest up a bit. And I then continued to bleed. I, told the, I called my doctor, and he said to come in or to call them when I stopped bleeding. So I ended up bleeding for at least maybe a week and a half. I remember throughout that first week, um, there would be times when I would pass, 
like tish, uh, tissue. Um, it was Thursday. I remember walking with my husband. We were gonna, we were, were going for a walk, and suddenly I'm like, we have to go back home right now because I just felt all of this, um, like blood and tissue. I was wearing pads, of course, and um, and when we got back to the house, I had passed a lot more tissue. So I was just like, kind of continuously passing. And, and were you still having cramps? I was not having cramps. No. So and do you know Go ahead. Was it like Monday night that you when you were having all that cramping that you passed the majority of everything so, or are yeah, you not sure? No. I know what happened because oh I didn't gosh. pass much of anything really. I, I, I just need to be patient. Okay. Yeah. Going. No, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I had no idea. And the, all they had told me was heavy period not even really telling me it would be that painful, but I had the pain medication, right? And so... And that's what you're experiencing. And this so you're is like, what okay, I mean. this is it. Yes. And okay. then I finally stopped bleeding, I don't know when, sometime the following week. So I called my doctor. Actually, I didn't even call my doctor right away. I, um, cause I, I was just like, well, oh, and the other thing is that I ha- I'm RH negative. So I was really glad I had gone to the hospital because they gave me the Rogam shot, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and um, which I didn't really know I would need for a miscarriage. But anyways, um, so so I call my doctor. I've stopped bleeding. This is probably I call him a week after I've stopped bleeding, and uh, and he says, okay, I'll schedule you for an ultrasound to make sure that everything passed. Um, and I go to the ultrasound, and I haven't passed. I, I don't know if I'd passed much of anything, but he said that I had, there was retained product, as they call it. Um, and so he prescribed the um, the generic Cytotec. Misoprostol, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yes. And this was, I mean, this was the middle of December. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... Um, so, and I don't know why this is really silly, but I took it because I also, they told me nothing about what to expect, but I took it on like Christmas because I thought, oh, I have a few days off of work. Um, and really all that ended up happening is I had some cramps and then nothing really happened. I didn't even bleed at all. So I call him and I tell him I didn't, you know, I didn't bleed and he was really surprised. And so he gives me um, another dose, which I take on New Year's Eve, because of course I'm thinking, <laughs> I have another long weekend. I could have taken time from work, but, um, and that time I did have um, bleeding, and um, there, I never had an ultrasound after that to know if I passed everything. Um, and that was kind of that. And this, this was then January. And um, they told me to wait three periods before trying to get pregnant again and just to get pregnant when I was ready. And um, I, in December, before I, I went through the whole side attack thing, I mean, I was just devastatingly sad. Um, it was the saddest thing I'd ever experienced. Um, at that time, three other people I knew were all pregnant, and we all would have been due around the same time, and they're starting to announce their pregnancies, and here I am miscarrying. And, of course, I hadn't 
told anyone um, that I was pregnant except our immediate families. Um, and so that was just a very sad and lonely time. Um, but I was also, at that point, I wasn't really concerned in a big way because I knew miscarriage was common. And, um, and I had thought, well, we got pregnant uh, pretty easy. That was, that was great. Um, this happens. Um, it's probably, you know, it's nature's way of taking care of, you know, it probably wasn't viable. And um, so I wasn't worried and for the future. It was just very sad that I had lost um, that pregnancy because I had been so excited. So we end up, I have two periods and, um, and I get pregnant again. Um, so we didn't have the three periods and we were both surprised when I was pregnant again, uh, but excited, very excited. Um, we hadn't really tried. And when I had to tell the doctor, I was like, I'm sorry. I know you told me to wait a little bit longer. We weren't trying, but I am pregnant. And part of me felt like this is it, you know, this is, I'm pregnant again. And this one's gonna, um, make it. And so that one around seven weeks, um, I just started feeling really, really anxious. Um, and when we, it, I think it was, so this pregnancy, so this was the spring and we went in for an ultrasound. So it was supposed to be nine weeks, but when they measured, it was only measuring at seven weeks, but it looked apparently completely healthy. Um, everything looked normal. It had a heartbeat, um, a, like strong, everything for seven weeks. And they said, well, maybe you just didn't, you know, no, your cycle might still have been off and everything looks really good. Um, and I still was worried because that if I was really seven weeks at that point, I had had a positive pregnancy test at three weeks, which I, that didn't seem possible. Um, but you know, everything supposedly looks good, except that there was a subchorionic hemorrhage. But they're like, don't worry about that. That also is very common. It, you know, it, um, so, and literally the next day after my ultrasound, I had a tiny bit of blood. And they said, well, that's this, probably the subchorionic hemorrhage and not to be um, too worried about it. So, um, so I tried not to be, but I was actually really, that's when I just got really anxious. Um, and I mean, I, I had trouble sleeping and I just kept bleeding. Um, and I would say the second week of bleeding, I'm like, this just looks like a miscarriage to me. I just think this, I, I was bleeding like a period. Um, a light period, but pretty continuously. And I call the doctor and he says, um, well, let's do your HCG levels. Um, so I go in on Wednesday and at that point, the levels were still in the normal range, um, kind of the, the low end of the normal range. And, um, and then they have to redo it two days later. And so I thought, okay, if this doubles in two days, 
I am still, I'll still be good. But if it doesn't double, I will be well out of where it should be. Because I, of course, Googled it online. Um, and we went in on Friday. And I, at that point, was pretty much convinced that I was having a miscarriage. And um, I had told my mother, I hadn't told, we hadn't told any of our family for this second miscarriage, or sorry, for the second pregnancy. We didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell um, my mom until I started feeling really anxious. And so it was kind of this, I'm pregnant again, but I'm really worried. Um, And I think that at the time, having been pregnant, I just felt like there's no rush to tell anyone. We have plenty of time. And it was kind of this... I don't know, I was just enjoying this secret with my husband and I. Um, but once I started getting worried, I told my mom, who then encouraged me to tell like a friend of mine. And so I did. I told one of my friends, um, who was really nice. She's been great through this whole process. Um, but anyways, that Friday, the HCG level had not doubled. It had actually dropped. And so they confirmed that it was a miscarriage. I still had had no cramping whatsoever. Um, and they gave me Cytotec. And they said um, they said that I didn't need to rush to take it, um, but I, you know, I could take it when I wanted. And this was the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. And so... Um, So anyway, it's a three-day weekend. I filled the prescription, but when I got up on Saturday, I started cramping. So I didn't end up taking the side attack. Um, And this miscarriage was much more painful. I think it was probably um, more typical. I started cramping on Saturday. It got more and more intense. I, again, was taking the over-the-counter, um, I was taking like a, a double dose of the over-the-counter. Uh, I like to take 12-hour um, pain medication, so I don't have to take so many pills all the time. Um, but So I started doing that Saturday, and then Sunday, um, it was getting really intense. And um, again, I, because I'd been through this once before, I thought I knew Um, And so we had had plans with people to get together on Sunday, and we still went, um, which is ridiculous, because I remember just sitting there, and they knew what was happening. We did tell them what was going on, because my husband had been kind of hemming and hawing about whether we should go, and he was saying to them, like, we're going to go, maybe not. And I said, this was his best friend. I'm like, you should tell him what's happening. And so he did. So they knew what was happening, and um, his wife and I get along, and so we were chatting a bit. And I just remember sitting on the porch and feeling like my whole, like the pain in my, like uh, starting to be across, like my whole pelvic region and up my spine and down in my thighs. And I, the bleeding just starts picking up more and more. Um, and and I go into one of the bedrooms, and I'm, like, on all fours. And I tell my husband, I'm like, we, we need to go home. Um, so I put in a brand-new pad. It took us about 45 minutes to get home. And I, have, I haven't overflowed the pad, but it's completely full in that time. And so then I'm just sitting 
in the bathroom on the toilet. Um, I don't know anymore how long that was, but it was, I mean, pretty much continuous, um, what I would call contractions. Um, so, because there would be times where it'd be really, really intense, and then there would be this pause, and um, I had no, you know, a break, no pain, and I could kind of talk rationally and calmly to my husband, and then there'd be those times where it's like, all I could do was try to breathe through the pain, and I couldn't really think hardly. Um, and, and if he tried to talk to me, it would be like, stop talking to me right now. You know, I can't be, you know, I couldn't have a conversation. Yeah, um, that doesn't happen during the period. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And you don't yeah. bleed continuously no. just like you're, like, peeing, basically, you know. Um, yeah. And so um, I don't know how long that was. And, of course, my husband starts asking, because they say, um, if you bleed a certain amount, you should seek medical attention. And I always bleed more than they say you should seek medical attention. And, but I didn't feel faint or anything. And I'm like, I think it's fine. I'm just going to stay right here, which I could only answer in between um, contractions. And, so intense. Yeah. Um, and then I do remember feeling, um, I, yeah, I don't know the baby or whatever, you know, you want to call it dropping out and then plopping into, um, the toilet, um, which is full of blood. And, um, and then it did, the cramps were not as bad. I, they kind of started to, um, to lessen and like not be so intense and um and I thought then I thought that it was over and and I remember when my husband asked you know he's like well this didn't happen last time and I said well last time it was an incomplete miscarriage so maybe this is good maybe this means that I really passed it this time and um and I had had the Rogam shot when I'd been in the office before so you know that was um, not an issue, and I called the doctor, and he said, well, you know, he said, um, call me when you stop bleeding again, and uh, so I bleed, I just kept bleeding was the thing. It wasn't as heavy. It was like um, pretty much like a light period. Um, I would change the pad at like lunch and then even in the evening, um, and that went on, well, at two weeks, I started feeling really tired, um, and I, I was so tired that I remember it was a Thursday I decided that I wasn't going to go to work because I was so um, just, I didn't, like, I didn't want to get up. I was really tired, and I called the doctors, and they were concerned, and they told me to go get iron supplements because they were kind of like, you're still bleeding, um, and so I took the iron supplement Thursday evening. And then um, I remember waking up the next morning. I slept for 13 hours straight. And I woke up, and it was like I had not been asleep at all. Um, and like not, e- not even like a tiredness that is as though I hadn't slept all night long and just stayed up. And, um, and 
at that point, I thought I, I could imagine myself going back to sleep and not waking up again. Um, my, I started, I was laying in bed. My husband had gone to work, and I started like this, like chant to myself, like "Get up, go take an iron supplement," like over and over again. And um, and I did. And then I decided that if I was going to die, I wanted to be sitting outside in the sunshine rather than laying in bed. So that's oh where I gosh. went. Yeah, because I was just, I was really kind of freaked out because I'd never been that felt so tired before. Yeah. And I, and I just went and sat outside. It was June at that point, um, beautiful day. And around four o'clock, I started feeling like normal um, and moving around and having some energy. Um, so, I obviously kept taking the iron supplements um, for a while. So it was just the, the blood loss, basically. I, um, I bled for another two weeks. During that time, at one point I ran a low-grade fever and I, they told me to go to the emergency department. Um, they, I mean, they couldn't really find any signs of infection. Um, I was still, I guess, just uh, passing blood. They said they could see one clot that um, might have been why I was still bleeding. I don't know. They pretty much sent me home. Um, and then I did finally stop bleeding at the end of June. And so then they had me do an ultrasound. Um, and right at this point, my doctor changed. Um, he was moving, and so I got a brand new OB, um, like, right at this point. He orders, he also, I will say, I really appreciated this doctor because with the two miscarriages, he ran all of the blood work for um, the usual um, problems that lead to re recurrent pregnancy loss, even though I'd only had two. Um, he said, you've had two within one year. I don't think this is normal. I'm going to run all like this blood work. And he ran a whole bunch of tests. Um, and I really appreciated that. Um, the only one he didn't do, he didn't do any, um, a karyotype, um, cause that would have been, I guess, you know, more and, you know, going to see a genetic counselor, but he ran all the things like, um, antiphospholipid, all of that stuff. And, um, Everything came back normal, which I'm getting those results about the time that I go in for, because I waited to do the blood test until I'd stopped bleeding. Um, everything came back normal. Um, but anyways, I do the ultrasound, and he, they see something that looks like it could be a bit of retained product, and so they send me in to this brand new OB. That was a Friday. They send me in on Monday. Um, which is now July second, uh, I want to say, and um, and she's she, she's like, I don't know why he ran all these blood tests. I I don't do this until after the third miscarriage, and I all I can think I'm just angry at her. Um, like, how could you put someone through this again if there was something you could have done about it? And I was just glad that she wasn't my OB at the time. Yes. Um, yeah, and um, so, but she she does the ultrasound. She sees um, what looks like it is retained product, and so they schedule me for a DNC the day after July fourth. So this is July fifth, 
And, um, and so at that time, I was kind of like, I had bled for six weeks total, starting because I started bleeding before they confirmed the miscarriage, and then I continued. Um, and so that was a really long, I mean, it just was like never ending. And then I felt like even after all this, I have to have a DNC. Um, and so, and they put me under general anesthesia. She did um, put a camera up to see what, um, I guess, to see what it looked like and make sure she got everything. It was apparently a pea-sized piece of the placenta. Um, that was that was so she just removed that one piece. She didn't do a full. Um, like, you know, where they take everything, because that was all that was there. So okay. she just scraped that one spot and then put the camera back up and checked, and then um, that was it. So that recovery was, I was a little bit, um, I guess, kind of out of it from the general anesthesia, but I didn't have any um, pain or anything like that um, afterwards. Um, so, so then that one was finally over. Um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty intense one too. I mean, they're all, they're all horrible. But, um, so at that point, I, so I go in to see the, my new OB for the, about a month later and she says, everything looks good. And I ask her, is there anything that we should look at or consider? And she's, you know, says how she wouldn't have even given me those tests yet, that she has so many patients who have two miscarriages and then have a healthy pregnancy. And so all I can think is, like, I am going to get pregnant, and I hope you're right. But I was also really mad at her. Um, And so, um, yeah, and then that took, it took a long time to get pregnant. Um, nine cycles, which was pretty tough because I had this kind of like, oh, I got pregnant so easily twice. Um, You know, I'll be pregnant in a couple months, and then I wasn't. Um, So I end up getting pregnant nine uh, cycles later, and um, and during that time, I was very anxious. Um, I... Um, I remember having, like, worrying about dying in a way that I had never really thought about before. Um, and I was, at that's when I started worrying about, will I be able to have a healthy pregnancy and have my own children? Um, so that's when that fear started. Um, so... I get pregnant, this is April, so this would be 2018, Um, and that was a very, I was a nervous wreck, that whole pregnancy. Oh my gosh, yes, I mean it took, waiting so long, having two losses. Mm -hmm. I had this feeling like this is it. Um, you know, do I have this recurrent pregnancy loss or don't I? All the doctors say that every, and of course, because I'd had all those tests, they're all saying 
you are healthy, there is nothing we can find, there's nothing wrong with you, um, you know, it, bad luck. Um, and so I'm like, when I'm really anxious, I'm like, this is what they're saying, this will be okay, I did. Um, I mean, throughout this whole, that whole time period, I practiced mindfulness before any of this happened, so I would regularly practice mindfulness and um, radical acceptance. And then during my third miscarriage, or sorry, third pregnancy, I was just like like loving kindness uh, practices every day. I would like get up and um, and sit outside and um, and do that just to try to be calm. I. Um, I go in for my doctor. She saw me at um, seven weeks. Was it seven weeks or was it six weeks? I think it was six weeks. And at that, and she did an ultrasound, and there was a heartbeat. Um, it's still, you know, very early, but she's like, everything is looking good so far. Um, there's a heartbeat. Um, I go back two weeks later at eight weeks. And um, again, it is completely, it's showing the growth that it should have. It's um, exactly where it should be, a a really good heartbeat again. And she says, um, and I'm just kind of like, okay, that sounds good. We'll see. Because this is just like the first one. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, I've heard this before. Yes, exactly. And she says, this is a viable pregnancy. Um, I think this one's going to, you know, this one's going to make it. And I'm kind of like, I hope you're right. And that was a Friday. And I went on vacation to visit my my mother um, for, and it was a planned vacation for about three weeks. And so I was happy because I was really, really tired and I was really, really excited to just be able to sleep in and nap um, and not have to be anywhere or do anything. Um, and this is, I didn't mention this, but for my third pregnancy, I told my, my parents, again, I told them right away. And I also told my good friend who I had told in the second, preg- like when I started to have difficulty. And she had been great. Um, like throughout, just we would talk. And so she knew what was going on. Um, and so I go on vacation, and it is <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. Um, and this is when it would be the nine-week mark. Um, and so all of my, my pregnancies, the first one, when they measured that final ultrasound, it measured eight weeks, six days. Um, the second pregnancy, I don't know how much it measured because they never told, they never did that final ultrasound because they did the, the test, but it would have been nine weeks because if it had been at seven weeks before, it was two weeks later that they confirmed it. So I don't know when, um, it would have passed. Um, and so then here I am in my third pregnancy and it is the nine week mark. And I remember that day I had less. Um, less nausea, and I started getting really nervous. Um, and that Saturday, and here we are Memorial Day weekend, right? So the previous Memorial Day weekend, I had spent having a miscarriage. Yes. 
Yeah, and here I am again, nine weeks, I'm having less nausea, and my mom's trying to comfort me. She's like, sometimes that happens, you're getting towards the end of the first trimester, Um, but there's just no real talking to me about it, and Sunday, I was was, um, kind of a nervous wreck. I couldn't really even talk to people like I normally would. I was very, um, just in my head, like doing like, loving kindness, radical acceptance, mindfulness. Over and over, yeah. Yeah, and like that evening, I remember laying in bed and having what could have, at first like Sunday, um, I did have a tiny bit of nausea on Saturday and Sunday, but not like I had been having. And, um, And this is similar to my other pregnancies where like towards this eight to nine week mark, I didn't feel as bad. Um, And so I was kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't feel as bad as I have been feeling. Um, And that and I had like what felt like bloating on Sunday. And I remember laying in bed and noticing that, like, I would be kind of bloated and then I wouldn't be. And then I'd be kind of bloated and then I wouldn't be. And I just started freaking out because it reminded me of like the rhythmic um, cramping that then led to the contractions. And um, so I got up in the night and I would be like uh, checking and there was no blood um, and I'm a nervous wreck. And we get up on Memorial Day and um, we were going to go to these events for Memorial Day. And I say to my mom, I'm like, I just don't think that I can go. I'm, um, I'm really having a hard time right now. And I did tell her that I'd had like this kind of rhythmic feel, um, which really reminded me of um, my second miscarriage, and but I didn't really know and what was going on because I'd had no bleeding. And so she, um, we had actually left and picked up my grandmother, and I was just like crying in the car, like quietly. Um, and, I, and so she drops me back at, um, she has a very long driveway. She lives out in the country. Um, so she dropped me at the end of the driveway, which I told her to do, and I walked, walked back to the house. And um, I remember saying to myself, you know, you're going to laugh at this in a few days when you're still pregnant and everything is fine. Um, but I go back, I go into the house, and I feel like some moisture in my underwear. And I think, you, go right now and you will know. And like, I go to the bathroom and I wipe and it is brown blood. Um, and I just, you know, um, crying basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is happening again. And my husband was coming on the vacation, but he wasn't joining me until um, the Tuesday after Memorial Day. So he wasn't there yet. And um, I text my mom who comes back to get me to take me to the emergency department because at that point I know I do need to go to the hospital so that I can get a Rogam shot um and this so this is an entirely different health system this is not my usual um system and it's a different state and every single person I interacted with was so sensitive and wonderful um I just, you know, everyone was so kind. I went to, um, they. It, this is Memorial Day, right? So it's hardly anyone there. We had to drive 45 minutes. My mom was in a tiny town, and 
there's oh, there's a hospital there, but they don't have um, they don't have OB, and so the woman came out and was very kind. She actually, of course, knows my mother because it's a small town, and she said, um, you know, we'll we will see you, but we would have to call the doctors in this other town anyway. So you could drive there, and so we decided to drive there, um, and so they were actually expecting us when we got there. And they put me in a um, an ICU room. I think it was just a very comfortable bed, a very comfortable room. I, they might have just been being nice to me. They said that the ER was busy, um, but they put me in this very comfortable room. Um, and they, they we had to wait for the ultrasound tech to come from whatever she had been doing on Memorial Day, and. Um, and she, at this point, I kind of know she does the ultrasound and she's quiet. Um, and of course, they're not supposed to tell you anything. And then, um, but I know she's looking for a heartbeat. And she leaves and she said, I, I need to go um, get the doctor. So at that point, I'm suspecting what's going on. Um, I'm also continuing to bleed a bit. Um, I haven't had any more cramps. Um, but they, they come in and they both look at the screen because I guess the two of them to confirm that neither of them can see any movement. Um, and then they were both just very kind and right there, um, talked to me, talked talk to me, you know, like, um, where's your husband? Is he coming? And, um, that kind of thing. And, um, they were just very nice. And I remember him saying, you're going to bleed. And I was like, oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. Know. Um, and so we got, um, they gave me pads because my my mom was concerned with it being Memorial Day and a country, like the country, small towns, that nothing was going to be open. Um, and so I asked for pads and they gave me a bunch of pads. And then um, I called my husband who... Um, he broke down crying on the phone, and he was like, should I try to come earlier? And I told him not to worry about it because he was going to arrive the very next day. And I was like, this will take a while. We know it will take a while. Um, and so my mom and I went back. Um, she lives out on a farm, and, you know, we just spent the day. Um, I started taking... Um, the higher dose, uh, like a double dose of 12 hour. It was, I think it was a leave. And, um, and this, I, we went and we planted 96 marigolds around her garden. Um, because I, I was very tired not having slept and I tried to lay down and take a nap, but I just couldn't fall asleep. And I remember thinking like, I can lay here and be sad and upset and miserable, or I can go plant some flowers. So that's what I did. I was like, I can do that and be sad and miserable too. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is, we actually did some nice things. Yeah. Like that next day we went and took a drive because it's like, I can be sad anywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, so then my husband, that, that I did... So I'm handling things differently for this one. I immediately texted my friend who knew already that I was pregnant. And, um, and she was great. She was, kind of, she was very nice in her text and said, you know, um, 
if you want to talk, I'm here. If you don't want to talk yet, you know, you don't have to. And I told her I wasn't ready yet. Um, that was on Monday. And then I also texted. There had been a couple other of my friends who I had in this long time period told about my uh, miscarriages and had been very supportive and kind. And so I texted them and I said, you know, I hadn't told you yet that I was pregnant, but I, I was and I'm miscarrying again. And then they also um, were very kind. One of them sent me chocolates to my mother's house, um, which was really nice. Sorry, I can still, it's, it's been so long and it's still hard to talk about without yeah. crying. Yeah. Um, just, it's okay. <laughs> so, um, so I was telling kind of like the people who I knew had been supportive. Um, it's, it wasn't my experience in the earlier miscarriages that everyone who I mentioned it to had said very helpful things to me. So I, um, so I really in this one only told those people who had been, um, who I had felt supported me. Um, and I think that that helped with the third one. This one, um, so the, my husband arrived the next day, Tuesday. I remember, remember, um, my friend actually called me and talked to me that day. And I had talked to my dad and, um, so, and then my husband arrived, and I was still at that point, the bleeding was picking up. I could, I mean, I'd been taking the pain medication continuously, um, but I do remember starting to notice that I could feel some cramps, like even with that pain um, medication. And, um, and so Wednesday, we get up, my husband's parents had also come, so we had my husband's parents, my mother, and my husband were all there. And my mom and I had made a plan. I told her at some point, I am going to start bleeding heavily and have really um, intense like pain. And at that point, we had decided she would take my husband's parents and they would go do something to give my husband and I some privacy. Um, so that morning, I'm starting to feel like the... the the, the, you know, it, they were short. They would only last an under a minute, but they were getting more intense to where I would kind of breathe, like purposely take deep breaths. And, um, but no one else would necessarily notice. I could still talk and think. Um, and we went to lunch with all of us and my grandmother. Um, and the bleeding was picking up, and we're driving back from lunch, and I just start feeling a lot more um, bleeding. And so I ask them to, they were going to go do something else, and I say, can you drop me off back at the house? Um, and when I stood up to get out of the car, I had actually, I was wearing obviously a pad and jeans, and I had bled through my jeans. Um, oh, wow. So, Yeah. So I go into the house, and I don't know why my husband doesn't come with me. I don't think he realized yet quite what was happening. 
Um, he went with them. They weren't very far away. They were in town. Um, we're like the farm's a couple miles outside of town. So, I, so I go into the house and I put on a maxi dress, which is now like, you know, I thought that would be a nice thing to wear because it's very loose and comfortable. And I put in um, like this gigantic overnight pad because I just don't want to worry about overflowing the pad. Um, and the cramps, I mean, they're more like contractions. They start getting more and more intense. And I text my mom and I say, you know, this is that time that I was talking about. And um, so she brought my husband back. Um, and then he and I, we just, um, we played games for a little while. It started to get to the point where I couldn't really concentrate anymore during the contractions. I just kind of have to breathe. Um, I was bleeding heavily. Um, and I remember at one point it kind of, slowed down a little bit and I but I was like I haven't passed this yet and I was really wanted a complete miscarriage and it's a funny thing to say but having been through the first two and not have had it be complete I'm like I just want this like I knew because in my first two it was like so sad and I didn't really want I guess to for this to leave my body but in this third one I knew I'm like this needs to come out this is you know this has to happen um, and so I was very much in a different mindset. Um, and I think a lot of adrenaline as well, probably. Um, so we went, I said, let's go for a walk. Because I didn't, I, when it started to kind of plateau a little bit, like, no, like, let's, we walked down the driveway, which was a mile, down and back. Um, and I would have to hold on to him when the contractions were really intense. Um, and I think we did two walks down the driveway and back. And then it really started to, I mean, it was, then it did pick up again. And um, about nine o'clock that night, it was, um, was pretty much continuous at that point. I was laying, I went into the bedroom and I was kind of like on, like crouching, laying over the pillows. Um, and um, bleeding like more with the contractions more would come out and um that went on my my mom ran out of things to take my husband's parents like she ran out of things to do so she's like I'm so sorry but we have to come back um so they were home and I had my husband go get my mother because I was just this was more pain than I had had in the second one um I I couldn't sit up um, I couldn't really move. I couldn't even, even tell myself to breathe. Um, it was so intense and like up my spine, down my legs. Um, and, and they were really close together. I'd get like a few seconds of a break and then it would start again. Um, I passed what I thought was most of the tissue. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, this is almost over, but it didn't, it didn't let up um, because I, I hadn't actually passed. I did end up like, at, in the next hour, uh, my husband starts with his, he, bless his heart, he's like, do you think you're bleeding too much? And I'm like, 
you know, trying not to swear at him Mm -hmm. because I just can't even. Are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, all I can think about is, like, I have to stay calm and I have to not be afraid. And really, I wasn't even that surprised by what was happening. Um, and, And he started to get nervous because he's like, well, you know, the doctors say if you bleed blah, 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 then you need to, and I'm like, shut up, (laughs) you know, and um, so he did, I remember just yelling at him because I didn't really have enough time in between to be calm, and yelling, like, call the, call the doctor on call if you, if you want to, I don't care, but go outside the room, because I didn't want to hear it, um, and my, my mom is like very calm. She's like holding my hand and like patting my hair and telling me to breathe, um, and things like that. And, uh, and so the, the, um, the OB, my OB, like they didn't, we, it was after hours. So we, he left a message with the on-call and 30 minutes go by and we don't get a call. And at that point I started to feel a little nervous as well because this is still going on it's still heavy bleeding I'm still I just wanted the pain to be over um and um so my so my husband calls again um my my OB and again the answering service and so we decide to call the um because I decided, I was like, well, it would be kind of stupid to, to, like, bleed out and die here. Like, maybe I should go, you know, if I go to the hospital, I probably am not going to die. And I didn't feel particularly faint or anything like that, but he's nervous. I start to feel nervous. I really want the pain to stop. I'm like, maybe they can give me something to, so that I don't, I'm not in so much pain. I mean, at that point, I still couldn't sit up, um, because I was in so much pain. So, so we call the, um, the local hospital. And, of course, a distant cousin of mine answers the phone because it's just a small area. And she's telling my mom to massage my uterus, um, which is very painful. Um, and so, you know, I'm having these really hard, difficult contractions. And then I have a pause when she's supposed to massage my uterus. And that is horribly painful. Um, and I don't know at what point, but she, the, the nurse on the phone had suggested we try um, uh, also taking acetaminophen in addition to the Aleve. And this was getting close to... Um, when the last place in town was going to close where she could get something like that. So I think she, she left to go try to catch before the place closed so she could, because she had no acetaminophen. And, um, and so at that point, I'm just continuing, like, I'll have a contraction and all of this blood will rush out. And so I start to get nervous, like, even more nervous. And I decide, okay, let's just go to the hospital. Um, and I turn over, like, I'm on my side, and I... Because um, I was just shifting all the time, like on my side, on all fours, on my side, on all fours, because I just couldn't get comfortable. And I shift back onto all fours, and I kind of push up a little bit, and I just feel all of this stuff come out. Um, at first, I think it's blood, and so I pull up my dress, and it's um, 
It's not actually. I think that's when I passed um, the rest oh, of the, the tissue. tissue. Yeah, everything right there in the pad. Um, and I pull it down, and my husband and I look at it, and he has, I think, a pretty strong emotional reaction at that point. But I actually had, like, I was not in pain. All of a sudden, it was like, wow, I have no pain right now. I can stand up. And I was like, we need to go to the hospital right now because I can actually walk, and it's going to be okay. I'm telling him, it's okay, it's okay. And, um, and we put in a new pad, which is I'm using these, like, gigantic overnight pads. And, um, and we go, and we're driving to the hospital in this tiny town, and we see... My mother and my mother-in-law are in the car. They see us, so they turn around and follow us. And, um, and then, of course, it's my cousin there who talked to us on the phone. And I was still, I could walk, but I was still having contractions. And, and I'm wondering, I'm like, maybe I passed everything. Maybe um, I, I don't know. But I was still, I, you know, I wanted to just be in a safe place. And, um, and she... I was still bleeding, though. Um, not I, I had started up again the bleeding, um, and so she massaged my uterus, which was horribly painful. I would have the contractions were further apart, but I would have like the horrible contraction where, I, and then I would have a longer pause during which she would massage my uterus, and I would, and I hated her in that moment because it was so painful. Because I guess she was doing it the right way, which was even more painful. And, um, um, and I was really cold and they, I just kept asking for blankets and, um, they took my blood pressure in between a, um, contraction and it was really low and they asked me and they were, this is the place that doesn't have OB. So they're calling the other hospital. Um, sounds like you're going into shock. Yeah, I don't, yeah, and they, they pull off my, um, my underwear, and they can see how much I guess I had bled since I had been there, and, um, and, and I guess with the blood pressure, and they, they say, you know, are you okay if you just stay here overnight for observation, and I'm like, that's fine, <laughs> you know, like, and at that point, actually, I was, that I had, stopped I had one after about an hour um my the nurse had stopped massaging my uterus it was I was not really getting um more contractions and I was not in pain but I was wrapped in blankets and they 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 wheeled me upstairs and I stayed that night and my husband slept on the recliner next to me um I didn't sleep very well I got up pretty much every hour to pee, and every time I peed, there was just more blood would come. But I didn't really bleed otherwise, and, um, and everyone was so nice to me. Just like at the other hospital, every single person I interacted with was so kind and sensitive. And, um, and then in the morning, they, they said, you know, we want to do an ultrasound before you leave to make sure that everything has passed. Um, and they, at first, they weren't going to be able to have the ultrasound tech there until 2 in the afternoon. But they somehow, you know, they talked to her. I don't know what they did, but she came in um, early, like 15 minutes after they had told me she wasn't going to be able to be there until the afternoon. They come back and they say, actually, she's, gonna, she's on her way here now. 
um, which was really wonderful because yeah, that's really kind. Yes, it was so kind, and they and it was the same ultrasound tech I'd had a few days earlier, and um, and so and she said. And this is a very small hospital, so it's not as high tech, but there is an ultrasound. And it's just kind of this, not a very fancy room. I've had so many ultrasounds now. It's not a very fancy room um, in the basement. But she comes down, and she is like, hi, I'm so sorry, you know, because she'd seen me before. And she, even though she's not supposed to say anything, she did actually show us on the, the, um, the screen. And she said, you know, I see this here. It looks like a blood clot. Um, I can't say for sure that there's not any retained product, but it does look like a blood clot to me, and we're going to send it off to the radiologist. Um, and so that was kind of, it was nice of her to be able to show me, um, you know, what she could see and to just tell me what she was seeing. Um, and then they scheduled me with a follow-up two days later. No, this was, this was Thursday. They scheduled it on Friday morning. And um, just at the outpatient clinic. And that's when we went in and they said, yes, you have, you, there's no retained product. There is a blood clot. Um, they told me that the lining of my uterus was still thick, which would make sense having um, been pregnant. And so what I would expect is it would, would be like a period at that point um, because that lining would slough off, um, but that I shouldn't have any more cramps or pain, and that is exactly as it was. I had um, a few days of what was like a period, and then it went off into spotting, and I wasn't in pain. I didn't have any more pain. Um, So that was um, the most painful miscarriage, but it was complete. And, like, after that initial period of really intense pain, I didn't have anything else. I didn't bleed for a really long time. I didn't have to do anything else. Um, so, so in some ways that the physical part, um, was, you know, I may be strange, but I would choose a natural miscarriage, um, over, um, any other way, um, at this point. And I did, when I get to the fourth one, I did have a DNC, so I can talk about that, but, um, this one, my husband disagrees because I was in so much pain and it was very, I think, scary for him. Um, he told me he felt very helpless. But for me, I felt like I did this. Um, I, I don't know if we want to say birth, but, you know, I, I went through that and, and then I recovered. My recovery was the easiest recovery. Um, so physically, physically, but emotionally that was, it was just a big blow because this was the third one and like, it was kind of like, this is it. Um, oh my gosh, I've been talking a long time. I'm sorry. No, keep going. Okay. I'm fine. Okay. So, um, so I, I was really overcome with grief. I still had another two weeks of vacation which I really liked because I didn't have to be anywhere. Um, Or even make the decision. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I had, of course, notified my everyone who had been my support system. And so, um, like, one of my friends was like, can I come visit you? And she came to visit me a couple weeks after I got back from vacation. 
When I first got back, it was really hard to go to work for a whole week. And so I ended up, for the rest of that summer, taking a three-day weekend um, every every week because I had enough vacation time for that. I, I have a great job with good vacation, obviously. Um, and so, so it was easier then to do more of a four-day week. Um, and... I had to, like, just believe that um, I had to have something to look forward to because um, I was just so sad. And I, I don't know if others feel this way. I find the hardest part emotionally for me is about four to six weeks afterwards. Um, there's, there's, like, the physical part, and I think it might be an adrenaline thing. And then a few days after that, I'm really sad, like, three to five days and then it, I kind of rally a bit, and then around four to six weeks, it's really hard. Like, I'm sad, um, like crying, um, which honestly, I mean, I cry most of the days after this anyway, but it's just a little bit more intense, I would say. Um, and then, but I, I started going to massages regularly, which was, I think, hugely helpful because I hadn't realized, like, how tense my body was. Yes, so underrated. Yeah, it was like I'd go in for a massage, and and I, I've seen this, this guy now for over a year. Like, I started at that, that summer. I went every week. I decided if I ever have an excuse in my life to go for weekly massages, like, this is this it. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I, he would massage like my arm and it would relax and then he'd move on and I'd like tense up again. And I noticed I was just like holding this tension. And over time I learned like, okay, like release, you know, release the muscles, release that tension. Um, I saw, I've scheduled for the next, the whole fall, I scheduled um, like every other week, either someone was visiting me or I was visiting someone, like family or friends. Um, and I planned a big trip in December because that's when I would have been due. And I decided I did not want to be home or, like, not, not necessarily with uh, family even. There had been, I don't want to talk about it, but there had been some tension with my husband's parents during that third uh, miscarriage and just... I didn't feel supported, and I think, in kindness, I just don't think they really knew how to handle it or what to say. Yes. Um, but mm-hmm. I just felt very isolated, and I was like, I don't want to spend time with his family, and I don't want to cause problems. So, with my family, um, so I was like, we are going to take a trip, and we are going to go spend Christmas somewhere hot and warm, and I have my father's family. Um, lives in Australia and so and I hadn't seen them in 10 years and and even though it is family I was like no one's gonna mind if we go to Australia so we went that's what we did we planned a trip to Australia um in December and it's hot it's summer in December in Australia it's actually a really good time to go yeah yeah so um so I had that to look forward to I was like I just I had to have things to feel like life was going to be good again um, and like this wasn't going to be it. Um, so, so I end up then getting pregnant a fourth time 
we weren't really trying. It had been four cycles since the third miscarriage. Is I this while you're in Australia? No, this we haven't gone to Australia yet. Oh, okay. So before we get there, and um, this pregnancy, I was like, okay. I actually, when I got the positive pregnancy test, I went and looked at the calendar to see when I would miscarry, which is awful. Um, rather than like, when am I due with the baby? Oh my um, gosh. It, yeah, and and I looked at the calendar and I thought, oh good, that's in November. I, you know, that's a, that'll be fine. Um, nothing's planned then. Um, and I was like, maybe I won't be miscarrying. Maybe I'll be then in my second trimester when we're in Australia, and that'll be wonderful. Um, but. And I actually managed in that pregnancy to be really calm and relaxed. Um, I went to still my weekly massages. I had still had plans with people, you know, seeing people. Um, I kept up with exercise. I, that made me feel really um, good. And um, and then, and it actually made this pregnancy symptoms better as well. Um, and then come, um, I remember the nine-week mark came. I had no bleeding or cramping, and I had an, and I'd had my eight-week appointment. And they're like, "This, um, there's a heartbeat. Everything looks wonderful." But just at that like point, the first and third time. Yes, and oh, they, but at that point, they, knowing me, they're no one's trying to convince me anymore that this of anything. They're just like, "We'll see," you know, okay. Um, okay. which I appreciated. And, and my OB, who had originally, she's still my OB, she, who had originally said, oh, I wouldn't have even run those tests. At this point, she, you know, she is being very nice as well. And, um, and so, anyways, I guess that's the sad part of having so many is, like, everyone takes you seriously at this point. There's no more, like, you're just being anxious. Um, so, but I really wasn't. I was very calm. I was very much like whatever's going to be is going to be. And um and so um I we go in for an appointment that would have been 10 weeks and I'm like I have had no bleeding. I've had no cramps. I'm like this is it. If I am still if there's a 10 week baby in there, I'm going to feel so good. And we go in and there's this big screen because I'm just in the OB office and um, it's not my usual OB. They were rotating me through the different OBs and he's really nice. He talks to me like, okay, one of your miscarriages been nine weeks. Okay. And he gets out the ultrasound and I look at the screen and I see no movement and I'm just like, oh my gosh, am I looking at a, at a dead baby right now? And, um, and um, yeah. It had it had passed at nine weeks, two days, oh. and yeah, and oh it, there gosh. had been no symptoms, and um, no bleeding this time. No bleeding. And what were no you feeling? Like you were tired, but what about nausea, breast tenderness? My breasts had been tender. Um, my breasts stayed tender even for you know after that yeah. for a while. My, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't been as nauseous as the third one. My third one was the most nauseous I had okay. ever felt in any of them, um, but I, you know, I hadn't even really noticed a huge change in my symptoms, even. Um, I was very tired. Yeah, I, 
I just, I don't know. So truly I, missed. Yeah, truly yeah. missed miscarriage. Like yes. nothing was, okay, okay, yeah, other than your I, history. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, and so he brings in my regular OB, and she says that she wants to do a DNC because um, because the only question that hasn't been answered is we never did a genetic test of my husband and I for a karyotype. Right. Um, that's the only thing that's left to really look at, and and our insurance wouldn't cover for us to have a karyotype, and we had decided, you know, we're just not going to do it. And so she said, I want to do a DNC so I can get a sample and we can test um, the fetus and um, and look at the genetic material to see if they, you know, a karyotype of the fetus. So, um, and that was the only reason that I agreed to do a DNC right away because I felt like I can do this, I can pass this. Um, and actually that night I went home and did start, I had some cramping and um, I started having a bit of spotting like that evening. She, so I did tell my doctor, because at first she says, well, could you come back next Wednesday? And I was like, well, if it's already, if it's already been five days. Um, yeah, this is like, happening. Yeah, it's, I don't know if we'll make it until Wednesday. And, um, and so she came in on Saturday morning um, to do the DNC. And, um, so it was a very quick turnaround because my appointment was Friday afternoon and it was, okay, we're going to do a DNC tomorrow morning. And, um, so, and at that point I had in my fourth pregnancy, I had told all of like my friends who are my support system, I told them all right away, like from the beginning. And so then I texted them and I said, you know, what was going on. And, um, so they knew, you know, they know through my whole pregnancy and they knew then. And, um, so I, we went in, we had the DNC on Saturday morning and having had a DNC before, I thought I knew what to expect, but it was actually very different in that, I guess, because like everything was still there. Um, they had, I mean, it was just a very, I had, um, a lot of more, it was like continuous low-grade cramps for almost a week and actually pretty heavy bleeding um, like a few days. I, I bled afterwards um, and they gave me a medication that it was supposed to contract my uterus to reduce bleeding that I took on the weekend so that I would, I would have a lower chance of having to go back to the hospital on the weekend. Um, and... Um, and I, you know, and it was just different than I expected. I wasn't expecting to feel any pain afterwards. I wasn't expecting to have so much bleeding. Um, it lasted about a week. I was also very out of it. I had a bit of a headache for a while. Um, I ended up having, because I'd been going to weekly massages, I had a massage on Sunday. Um, and that was wonderful. Um, and, and then I had another one the following week, which was right after, this was right before Thanksgiving. Um, so anyways, but they, because they had, um, they had been an, a DNC. I mean, it, that was the end. It was over at that point. I didn't have to worry anymore about ultrasounds or anything like that. Um, and I honestly recovered emotionally much faster. I think I was just in a better place going into it. Um, and having, it's like, I'm, I guess, really good at coping now with miscarriages. And we went to Australia 
um, which hit around the four to six week mark was I was in Australia. Um, but I was still, I mean, I still felt sad at times, but I was also doing other things. And so it was just a range of emotions and I was still, um, you know, could cry at anything, but it was really nice to be in a warm, sunny place. Um, and that, and I decided I, I didn't want you know, I basically spent two and a half years of either being pregnant, miscarrying, recovering, trying to get pregnant, and, you know, pregnancy is tiring, and the recovery is hard, and I decided I needed a six-month break from this, and I just didn't want to deal with it for a while, and and that's what we did. So we didn't try for six months, and now we are trying again. Um, so that that's my whole story. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what is it like trying again right now? Because you got pregnant fairly fast for a couple of those. Yeah. Three of them were pretty easy and fast, and the third was not. It's, I have Yeah, the one took nine months. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is still pretty normal. Yeah. um, By, you know, by standards. Um. It is, I have, when I first started trying again, this was, I guess this has now been three months, I was kind of like, okay, don't expect this to happen right away. It may not, it might. And I'm doing, this time I'm doing progesterone. Um, Good. Yeah, which I'm starting, I start after ovulation. Okay. Um, And so I start like, a few days after ovulation, and then I have to take a pregnancy test because if I don't stop taking the supplement, I won't get my period. Right. Um, which I don't, I don't know if any of your listeners have experienced this, but I, you have to put this in your vagina, right? And like, it's just very goopy and liquidy, and um, I don't know, but it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it would having to twi- twice a day, morning and evening. Um, I want to know what the research is out there. And I, I did, um, so I'd seen a reproductive endocrinologist after the third miscarriage because I wanted, at that point I was interested in doing the supplements because up until that point, all my OBs, all they had said is you can take this. Um, there's no research that says it does anything. Do you want to take it? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard. Yeah. And then, um, so after the third one, I was kind of like, I'll do this, but I want to know when should I start taking it and how much. And I went to the, the reproductive endocrinologist who told me, he also said that um, there wasn't any research, um, but the, the theory, and he said to take it after ovulation, and that he's the one who told me this regimen, and to do it vaginally. And, and pretty much almost right after that appointment, I found out I was pregnant. And so I had kind of missed this, like, he was insistent that it had to be after ovulation before you had, you knew you were pregnant. And I was kind of like, okay. And I went to the pharmacy and it was going to be a ridiculous amount of money, which apparently was that specific form because the one I'm taking now, it's only cost me like $10 for 30. So it's really not bad. But um, so I had just decided, you know, they also are telling me there's nothing wrong with me. So I didn't do it in the fourth one, but after that, I decided I'm going to do this. And I had 
looked up some of the research myself, and there had been a Cochrane review that came out in October or November of 2018, and the studies, and it did show um, that there was effects with progesterone. And when I looked into the RC, like the randomized controlled trials, the ones that had the best with the vaginal, um, which was all I could actually, I don't know, maybe I could get something else, but all that um, they, my doctors have told me about anyway, but the vaginal, it was after ovulation, just what this endocrinologist had told me. Yep. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And that's why I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm good with it, you know? And um, does, do they want you, assuming there's a positive pregnancy test, yeah. to then continue it, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. good, good, All good. All the way yeah. through until the 13th week. Yes, when the placenta yeah. takes over. Okay, yes. good. Okay. Yes. So we'll see. It's, I still have this fear of, um, of not being able to have my own children, um, and that's kind of hard at times. I think in some ways that's the hardest at this point, you know, three years trying. And um, and I don't know, but I try to tell myself, you know, I've never tried this before. But at the same time, like, if this doesn't work, you know, what does that leave? So it's it'll be interesting, but I'm going to try to handle it the way I handled my fourth pregnancy. And... Um, stay just in the present moment and going to my massages. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's nice that there's something a little bit different. So you can at least yeah. be like, okay, something's different. I'm doing this progesterone, you know, that maybe will quell 1% of anxiety. <laughs> Not going to lie. You know, it's still, still anxious. Thank you so much for listening. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for sharing. I mean, that's it's a lot to share, but that's a lot for you to internalize and deal with. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And I, I found your podcast after the third miscarriage and that was the other thing I should have said that too, but I just listened to it. Um, like can all of the ones I could listen to. And then even now, if there's like a rougher day, I'll listen to one and kind of save them up. So, yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad that they've been able to help you on this healing journey. That is a challenge, to say the least. Hey, you, stay connected. Find us on Instagram at Managing Miscarriage, on Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit, and don't forget to download the free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Please rate and review this podcast to help other women find us and consider sharing your story. Hang in there, mama.